going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by the boys. That is Kyle Soppy. He can be found on Twitter at Kyle Soppy PFN, and that is Derek Tate. He can be found on Twitter at Derek Tate NFL. Gentlemen, how are we doing here? Yesterday, I opened our podcast and said it was a fine Wednesday morning when it was Tuesday. That was incorrect. Today, it is actually Wednesday. So, Soppy, how are we doing here on this fine Wednesday morning? See, but that tells me you can see the future, which is obviously the job of a fantasy analyst. So Kyle Yates, big week four coming because it is a fine Wednesday. There's nothing wrong with it here. We're looking at 60s. It's like mild hoodie weather. We've got some sun. Nothing not to like here. Kyle Yates seeing the future. So follow his ranks for week four and just print money. It's an easy game. Derek, how are we doing today? I'm pretty good because both my kiddos didn't really want to eat their breakfast, which just means more breakfast for daddy. So we're doing pretty good on this Wednesday morning. You are you you have a crystal ball in your future there, my friend. All right, let's get into it here because it was I wanted to I wanted to start off the podcast with this because it's crazy to think that fantasy drafts, the majority of fantasy drafts. We're happening not even a full month ago, <laughs> and it seems like so much has happened. Uh, it feels like that, like the gif of his, Matt Damon, where he goes from like being 30 years old and then just quickly fades into like being an 80 year old. That's how this season has felt for me so far. Uh, so I wanted to go backwards a little bit. Let's say that I have created a time machine and I am very rich now. Uh, I have created a time machine. If you could go back just a few weeks, who is one player you wish you could undo drafting this year? Sapi, I will start with you. Yeah, it's kind of a guy that you guys told me a month ago I shouldn't be drafting, and I, I kind of went my own way here. And I thought Dalvin Cook was going to be good. I thought he was going to be at least the lead guy in this Jets offense, which at the time we thought would be potent for at least the first month, month and a half. The dude has 58 rushing yards. He's gonna, We're going to be in October, and he's under 60 rushing yards. Big swing and a miss there. Wish I could redo any take I had about the Jets. I mean, obviously, a lot of that is Rodgers, but... Cook doesn't look like he has any juice left. So I misevaluated that, misranked it. Sorry to the people if you ended up with Delvin Cook on my behalf. Sabi, or Derek, what about you? See, at least you have an out when it comes to Aaron Rodgers getting hurt and this entire Jets offense sure. not looking the way that we expected, right? So you, you're asking this question and every jersey that comes to mind, somebody is wearing a Chicago Bears uniform. And <laughs> so if I could get in the DeLorean and hit the flux capacitor, it's still smoking, going 88 miles an hour. That's a back to the future reference, Soppy, if you don't know. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and undo my drafts. Um, it would be Justin Fields right now. Just through the first three weeks, had high expectations for him. Clearly that offense is out of sorts at the current moment. There's still plenty of time to get it right. They just haven't shown as many signs that things are moving in the right direction. If anything, it looks like it's going in the opposite direction. Hopefully better days are ahead, but if I could redo that right now, there's a, a, a bevy of different directions that I would have went with that selection. The, the amount of hope and anticipation that I had going into the year with multiple super flex rosters that had Justin Fields and Anthony Richardson on them. I was like, you guys just want to give me the trophy now? Like, do you want to just do that now? Because this is over for everyone. And um, yeah, those leagues aren't doing too hot right now with Anthony Richardson sidelined and Justin Fields not exactly doing a whole ton. So Justin Fields was going to be my answer there as well, because I literally have him everywhere. And I am praying that this gets turned around very, very quickly for a multitude of reasons. All right, we are going to get into some start-sit players here as we look ahead to week four. If you have a question about a player that you want to start or potentially sit here on your roster, you need to go over to the start-sit optimizer that we have here at PFN. The link for that can be found right here in your show description. 
absolutely free. You can enter up to six players and find the right player to start based on our consensus projections. This is an awesome tool that you are going to want to check out there. It's absolutely free. Like I mentioned, you can find the link here right here in your podcast or YouTube show description. Additionally, the PFN Fantasy Discord, we've been talking about it nonstop here on the podcast. This is where you need to be Sunday morning. There is a ton of activity here as we were talking through some players that you have your start sit questions about. You want to talk about a trade question. There was a ton of activity that Katz was jumping in and helping with waiver wire questions here just this past week. So make sure to jump in here. The PFN Fantasy Discord, absolutely free to join. You can find the link for that right here in your description as well. Let's get into some start sit decisions here, fellas, for week four. Sapi, I'm going to start here with you at the running back position. Who is the first running back that you are looking to start? I feel like we say it once a podcast, but this Kyle, I don't want to speak for that Kyle, but this Kyle, very stubborn. Going back to the well with Josh Kelly, playing the Raiders, assuming Austin Eckler's out. If Austin Eckler's active, all this changes, but they're not willing to put a timeline on it, so that tells me probably not Sunday, if we're guessing. No Mike Williams in this offense. You've got a Raiders Raiders team that ranks 30th in time of possession, so the Chargers are going to have the rock. They're going to be in scoring position. And my guy had 86% of the running back touches last week against the Vikings. It paid off exactly no nothing. He was useless. 11 carries for 12 yards is terrible. And maybe Josh Kelly isn't a great running back. I'm willing to give you that. But I'm a process over results guy. And the process is right. The guy is getting the work in advantageous spots in a good matchup for an offense that we still think is going to score plenty and might be less apt to do it through the air with Mike Williams out. So Josh Kelly back inside my top 30 running backs, despite back-to-back bad weeks, trusting the process and flexing them in this week four. All right, Soppy, what if Kellen Moore isn't as stubborn as you are? And if he says, we see that he has gone in the past two weeks, 13 for 39 on the ground and 11 oh, yeah. for 12 last week up against the Minnesota Vikings defense, which we were like, yes, you start Joshua Kelly <laughs> up against the Minnesota Vikings defense. What if Kellen Moore isn't as stubborn as you and goes, you know what? This is not working with Joshua Kelly. We are getting literally zero production through the ground game. Let's go ahead and air it out. And they go. Josh Kelly gets eight carries in this one. Is that, does that concern you? Of course it does. Then I'd be dead wrong. And it wouldn't be the first time. It won't be the last time. My stubborn streak gets the best of me here. But even in a situation like that, this offense is going to be inside the 10 yard line. So if he gets 11 carries for 12 yards, maybe there's a touchdown. Maybe he can flirt with two. Give me two targets in the passing game. There can be something here. There's scoring equity to chase here. And at the end of the day, I'm saying top 30. He's running back 26 for me. There just aren't that many running backs that I feel good about. You're looking at the Steelers. You've got a committee there. You've got a committee in Chicago where I don't want to play either one of these guys. To me, Kelly's at least above that tier, and that puts him on my radar. I'm going back to it. I'm not saying you guys have to. All right, Joshua Kelly or Devon A-Chain here in week four. Devon and A-Chain, the Miami re- Dolphins, for context, that Devon A-Chain, the Miami Dolphins, go up against the Buffalo Bills defense this week. A-Chan. Gotcha. A-Chan, sorry. Ah, dang Gotcha. I know we're going to mess that up every time I'm going Kelly. Like I have him two spots higher. I know. I know Derek. I see the eyes. He's going to get six to eight more touches than a Chan. I'm going to take my chances. We'll get to a Chan in time here, but I am. It's a process play. I'm a slave to the process and the process says play the guy getting all the work in an offense. that's going to score as a big favorite against a team that doesn't hold the ball at all. 
I will put that on a quote graphic. That will absolutely go on a quote graphic after right. this. I am a slave to the process. I'm kind of oh, sobbing. Okay. I thought you were saying Kelly <laughs> no, over uh, HA, No, but... I'm not going to put you out there to the wolves. You did that all on your own here in this <laughs> podcast. Uh, let's go, Derek, your number one running back to start here in week four. We just saw the answer to who the correct, most valuable back in the Philadelphia backfield is for Everything. fantasy purposes, DeAndre Swift. And we saw him put up 130 yards rushing on just 16 carries against a team that was only allowing 54 rushing yards per game through the first two weeks of the NFL season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. DeAndre Swift is the guy in this backfield. I understand that Kenneth Gainwell will be involved. He will see snaps. He will see touches. But if the game is close and competitive and certainly it's going to be DeAndre Swift that's going to get the majority of those looks, those touches. And he's earned them because he's looked dynamic compared to Gainwell, who's looked more like a plotter. So to me, DeAndre Swift is probably going to be concrete inside my top 20, if not my top 15 on a weekly basis. The only thing that kind of caps his fantasy value is Jalen Hurts constantly, you know, sneaking right. from one or two yards out and just vulturing all of those rushing touchdown scoring opportunities when they get down close. But I still think the efficiency and the touches are going to be there for DeAndre Swift to be a, a top 15 play at the running back position on a weekly basis. We went into week three saying we need answers out of this backfield. Like we're going to have both DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell on the field. We need answers. And we got that here. We got that DeAndre Swift is the guy. So I love the stamp of approval, even though it is a tougher matchup on paper up against the Washington commanders defense. It's like, no, you're getting this guy into your starting lineups. I like that you put the context there as well. Top 15. He's at RB 17 on the week for me right now. That definitely has the potential to climb as we move throughout the rest of the week. Sophie, let's send it back over to you. Number two running back to start. Yeah, I'm going to go James Conner here. It's not exciting and it's a terrible matchup. That's what everybody's going to see. They're going to see James Conner and his three yards on a cloud of dust. He's playing San Fran. They can't do anything. What if I told you that through the month of September, the Arizona Cardinals would have a positive point differential? Not, not on my bingo card. I'll tell you that much, but they are keeping games close. We obviously saw them beat the Cowboys last week. And again, we're talking 91% of the touches in this backfield for James Conner, over 19 touches per game. To me, again, I'll say it again for your, for your quote graphic here. Slave to the process is this Kyle. He's getting touches on a team that's keeping games close, and that's the only way they're going to keep games close. The Cardinals aren't going to win a 35-33 shootout. They're just not. So their way to stay competitive in this game is to pound Connor, to get him the rock 20 times, and hope that turns into 70 yards. Hope he scores. Double-digit fantasy points seems like a given with this workload. The upside for a little bit more if he can score. No, it's not a great matchup, but no, I'm not benching him given this workload. We have kind of had this in our minds for James Conner that we're expecting three yards per carry, 3.3 yards per carry. And that very well may be in the cards here up against the ah, cards uh, up against the San Francisco 49ers defense here this week. But 23 rush attempts for 106 yards on the ground in week two up against the Giants, 14 rush attempts for 98 yards last week up against the Dallas Cowboys. He's finished as a top 15 running back in half PPR scoring the past two weeks. James Conner belongs in starting lineups he hasn't finished outside the top 24 running backs yet this season i like the call there even though it is a tough matchup because also too even if james connor can't get it done on the ground we know that he has the receiving profile mm -hmm. if the cardinals do play from behind where he's going to get the opportunity i like the call let's go derek you're number two running back to start 
I heard the word hope a lot when Soppy was trying to sell us on James Conner, which by the way, I'm on James Conner. I, 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 I'm with you. I'm with you there. But someone who's averaging more touches a week or on per game basis than any other running back in the National Football League is wearing an Indianapolis Colts jersey. Zach Moss, 27 touches per game in the two games that he's been active so far in 2023. And the results have been there. <laughs> 210 yards rushing, 42 yards through the air on six receptions. He has a receiving and a rushing touchdown. And this was with mostly Gardner Minshew under center. They're going to be playing the Rams this upcoming week. Joe Mixon scored a rushing touchdown on Monday night football. I believe that Zach Moss, who we don't have to worry about Jonathan Taylor's status or impact on this backfield for at least one more week. Zach Moss is a guy that is apparently going to see 20 plus touches and this game against the Los Angeles Rams, while not a cupcake matchup, I also think it's something where there's going to be the potential for him to be a top 15 option at the running back position with a ton of volume and, and uh, certainly touchdown upside uh, because he's the guy in this backfield. So uh, give me Zach Moss. It's really interesting to go through rankings and, you know, as we do our early rankings and then we start to, you know, mold the rankings as we move throughout the week. And, and obviously that'll shape and refine as we move even further, but Zach Moss right now at RB 15 on the week. And you just say like Zach Moss, right? Zach Moss. We've seen this before. We have not talked about Zach Moss ever as a top 15 running back for fantasy purposes, but good night. He's getting the job done. 30 rush attempts this past week up against Baltimore absolutely insane the volume that he's getting and if and volume is king in fantasy football we talk about that all the time volume is king if he's getting the volume yeah he's in that conversation for a top 15 running back and he's producing with it he's being efficient with his opportunities uh let's move into some running back sits of the week here again these are players that we are not completely benching but we do have a little bit of concern about as we're looking at players that you may feel like you're confidently starting here this week or saying hey let's pump the brakes just a little bit sampi i will throw it to you who is the first running back to sit yeah, I mentioned I was dead wrong on Delvin Cook coming into this season, but I was kind of right on not loving Brees Hall. <laughs> like, that part's going right. Brees Hall out of my top 25 this week. This just offense is just putrid. This Chiefs defense might be more impressive than the offense right now. They are producing at a high level, and the Jets just, they don't have the ball. They're dead last in time of possession. They don't put the ball in scoring position. They don't move the ball. What is there to like in this Jets offense? If I can escape from it, I am 54% of his rushing yards this season came on that one big carry that we saw on opening day 83 yards against the bills like that's great he did get tracked down you would like to see that finish with six points but 54 percent. that means that one carry has outdone everything else he's done over the past three weeks to me Brees hall outside the comfort zone for starters you drafted him as a guy that you thought you could start we had the upside we liked the profile coming in that profile is a different story now he's a bench for me yeah, Brees Hall at RB28 on the week for me in my current rankings. He has finished as the RB68 and the RB53 over the past Yeesh. two weeks here uh, after finishing as the RB9 in week one where no one played him. Uh, so definitely a miss here for fantasy managers that drafted Brees Hall. Obviously, some extenuating circumstances there that have led to a dip in production. But yeah, I don't think that you can confidently play this guy here in week four. Derek, let's send it over to you. Number one running back to sit. Did you know two of the first three games of the season that Ramondre Stevenson has not led his team in rushing despite leading his team in carries each week of the NFL season? That's because Zeke Elliott has, in a role reversal, 
in a complementary role has been more efficient than Ramondre Stevenson on the ground through the first three weeks of the 2023 season. I, it's it's mind-blowing because Zeke ran for 80 yards last week on 16 carries, while Stevenson had 19 for 59. And this week, they're going up against the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, revenge narrative, whether you're a believe it, believer in it or not, they're going to Dallas where Zeke, you can't tell me that the coaching staff isn't going to want to give him every opportunity to try to stick it to his old team, in particular, if they do get in close. I do think the Cowboys' defense bounces back far more than what we saw against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think they let up 200 yards rushing again this week. But I think Zeke is going to be heavily involved, and I wouldn't even be shocked if he is the leading ball carrier, just given who the opponent is. And Stevenson only caught one pass last week, the same amount as Zeke. So the the touch count is starting to get a little bit concerning, and the efficiency favoring Zeke has me a little bit weary about Ramondre Stevenson inside my top 20. All right, let's put that to the test here. Would you go Ramondre Stevenson in week four or Alexander Madison up against the Carolina Panthers? Alexander Madison. Would you go Ramondre Stevenson or Jerome Ford up against the Baltimore Ravens? Jerome Ford. And finally here, would you go Ramondre Stevenson or James Conner up against the San Francisco 49ers? Give me Conner. He's got the volume. Wow. All right, let's move it over. Uh-huh. Soppy, your number two running back to sit. Yeah, and this one's going to get me fired, so we can't publish <laughs> this podcast until uh, until the end of the – maybe the end of the year here. But I'm picking up A-Chan, and I'm not starting him quite yet. He's a fringe flex guy at best for me this week. Listen, I don't trust the volume to be there, partly because I don't trust – big rushing numbers from the Dolphins. They get the ball through the air, assuming Waddle's back. And, you know, that's not a safe assumption yet, but the concussion protocol has kind of been miss a game, return one. We saw Jacoby Myers do that last week, and maybe he's just Superman. That wouldn't be the first time, wouldn't be the last time. Yes, got his name into a running back conversation there. But we think this game could be a shootout with Buffalo. We saw a shootout for Miami with the Chargers in week one. They had 45 pass attempts and 15 running back rushes. If that's going to be the case, and he's splitting a small workload to begin with, because listen, Mostert's been great. Like, is everybody's all on A-chan right now, and I get it. The rookie showed out over 200 yards with the four scores, but Mostert has done nothing to lose any volume in this offense, and I just don't trust the rushing numbers to be as fluffy as they were last week. Obviously, nothing is. You score 70 points, that's not going to happen again. But A-chan, to me... I'm approaching it with caution. I know that's not going to be a common or a popular take, but that's that's how I'm doing it this week. We talked about HN on the Waiver Wire podcast saying that he is someone that you can pick up, but I'm not ranking him as a top 24 running back for the rest of the season, right? Like he's going to be someone yeah. that you can plug into your lineup as a flex option that will p- bring you the sure. potential upside to help you win your matchup with one long run, right? That speed obviously on display this past week. However, we cannot expect 18 rush attempts from Devon Achan moving forward because it, they're not likely to be up 70 to 20 over the Buffalo Bills, as much as Miami Dolphins fans would love to see that. Devon Achan this week or Jalen Warren, Soppy? Yeah, I've got him back to back. I have Achan just a spot ahead because I think he's he offers a little bit more explosive and I trust the offense to put him in position. But you're in the right, right ballpark here. It's a committee situation that I don't think either guy gets 15 touches would you go devon achan or rashad white up against the new orleans saints i'm going white there like i i don't like white as a player and i like achan as a player so that's that's where the football side kind of mixes with the fantasy side here but you're talking a volume role and an offense that might be able to they've been okay white's gonna get the volume 
To me, that there's safety in that, and we'll get to Mike Evans in a minute, but Mike Evans does not like facing the Saints, so if that's one fewer option for the Bucks to go through, maybe it funnels more touches the way of White and gives them the slight edge in this one. Derek, where do you have Devon Achan in your rankings this week? I, I've got him at 24. Um, Low-end running back, two with a ton of upside. I So we, when we saw Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson last year, Sapi, both of them, one generally would see over 10 carries and the other one would probably fall somewhere between seven to 10, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there yeah. were, and this team didn't run a whole lot in 2022. They, I think they were finished like 28th in rushing attempts overall last season. So, but, but those 10 touches, let's just say that he gets, you know, a handful of looks in the passing game and sees somewhere around seven carries in a complimentary role to Raheem Mostert. I still believe, and we saw even in week one, two running backs be pseudo-startable against this Buffalo Bills defense in the New York Jets and Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. I, I believe that Achan can give you plenty of production on those 10 touches in an explosive offense, in particular with Mike McDaniel kind of like, you know, <laughs> sleeping with his playbook and, you know, yeah, dreaming mastermind. up ideas of yeah. how to get A-chan the ball because uh, he's so dynamic. So I, I'm a little bit higher on him. I'm not penciling him in as, again, a top 10 player or anything crazy like that. Sure. But I, I think that the upside's there and the touches, while not going to see 18 carries, I still think that they're going to be, he's going to be flirting somewhere around 10 to 14 touches this week. All right, Derek, let's send it back over to you. Number two running back to sit. This pains me. Derek Henry. Derrick Henry, uh, 11 carries, just 20 yards, no receptions. And he was dealing with a toe injury on the injury report last week. We don't know how, how severe, how much that's bothering him, you know, limiting him, but he didn't look right. I don't know how much you guys, how much of those 11 carries you guys caught against the Cleveland Browns, which their defense has been fantastic. I get it, but that didn't look like Derrick Henry. And in fact, I think it's like been one game since 2019 where he's rushed for fewer than like 20 yards. It, it just and saw like the 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 only 11 carries. Like it, it's that type of performance is alarming. And mm-hmm. he's an aging back that the efficiency really hasn't been there all season. And if he's dealing with a toe injury that's limiting his explosiveness as he's aging in an offense that's really struggling right now. Uh, against a Cincy defense that looked pretty good and and bottled up Kyron Williams on Monday night football guys, Derrick Henry scares me this week. Let's put that into context here because I don't think anyone is necessarily bumping Derrick Henry outside of their top 20, but if you do have some other options, would you go Derrick Henry or would you go Zach Moss this week? Zach Moss. Would you go Derrick Henry or Jameer Gibbs on Thursday Night Football up against the Green Bay Packers? Let's assume that David Montgomery is going to make it back. If David Montgomery's back, then I would probably go Derrick Henry, but it, I, I don't like it. I, I, I just think that there's more – the efficiencies there still, I believe, for Jameer Gibbs, even in a complimentary role. Let's go oh. one more here. These guys are back-to-back in my rankings going into week four. Derrick Henry or James Cook up against the Miami Dolphins? James Cook. James Cook's been getting it done here so far this year. All right, the NFL season keeps rolling, which means that we get to talk about some really cool, exciting new exclusive offers. Underdog Fantasy is now offering new customers that sign up with the promo code PFN, or you can click the link here in your description, a deposit match up to $500 through October 4th, plus a mystery pick'em special in the pick'em lobby to use right from the start. All you have to do is click the link in your podcast or show description, sign up, make your first deposit for access 
and you will find the special player you got right there in the Pick'em Lobby. I think you're going to want to go take advantage of that. So sign up now with the code PFN and take advantage of this ridiculously awesome offer today. Let's move into some wide receiver start sits here. Let's start out at the start position. Soppy, I will start here with you. I said start a lot right there. Uh, number one player to get into your lineup is another way to say not say start. There you go. Good, good use of words there. You, you, you were schooled well in broadcaster <laughs> school or wherever you learned to host a podcast here. But we're going to Jacoby Myers. I haven't gotten to feature him in a segment here for like a month because he, he has the big week and then I'm not on the podcast Monday and then he gets injured, concussed, he's out for a week, yada, yada, yada. At least 10 targets in both his games. He's clearly a thing in this offense. They're using him in the slot. They're using him on the perimeter. Jimmy G clearly has a thing for him and he's just a good football player. And he's going against the Chargers. What's it not to like here? He's flirting with my top 25 at the position, which is about where I had him coming into the season. You guys called me crazy. I'm standing by it. Jacoby Myers, I think, is a legit option on a week-to-week -week basis here. And guess what? If Jimmy G sits, we know he's banged up. I'm not that concerned. Aiden O'Connell, almost eight yards per attempt in the preseason. And this is an offense that's featuring two guys right now. It's going Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. Hunter Renfro's getting a pity target here and there. Josh Jacobs <laughs> hasn't been all that successful. So I think this offense flows through those two receivers, regardless of who's under center. Jacoby Myers inside my top 30. You don't have to be as crazy about him as I am because that's, you know, a little dangerous. But I would put him in lineups this week. We are looking at Jimmy Garoppolo potentially missing this next matchup. Now, I know that you said you would be fine if it was Aiden O'Connell. However, all signs that I have been kind of been reading the tea leaves out there, it would be Brian Hoyer as the oh, starting okay. quarterback for Las Vegas Raiders. Would you, <laughs> would you would you still go Jacoby Myers as a top 30 wide receiver if it was Brian Hoyer? I would. That scares me a little bit. Obviously, I'm not as... Yeah, I mean, he's a professional quarterback. He knows how to get professional receivers the rock and jacoby myers is just that fun trivia field yates favorite what is brian hoyer's first name i would assume brian oh, would i be asking that question <laughs> if that was the answer i have no clue i thought it was brian <laughs> yeah i would guess it was his first name we've been saying for years my man is axel edward brian hoyer why does he not his, go by axel he would be I a top no 15 idea. nfl quarterback that's what i'm thinking jacoby myers would be a top 15 receiver if axel was throwing him the rock but brian no dice so trivia courtesy of field yates on that one axel hoyer could be starting under center i'm starting myers either way oh my word okay uh i did have a follow-up question there and it completely flew out of my brain with the matter now. trivia yeah. so anyway let's move on here derek your number one wide receiver to start so I will go stick with the revenge narrative theme here that we're going to be with some of these starts, right? And I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley. It's yeah, been back-to-back -back rough weeks, and I, I know that A.J. Terrell is a pretty darn good corner. The looks are still there. Calvin Ridley looks rusty. It's understandable. He, he took a year off of you know playing professional football. Still looks explosive, still getting open. I still think that Trevor Lawrence is going to continue to pepper him with targets, in particular against his former team. So this week, I actually have Calvin Ridley as a top 10 player for wide receiver position. Uh, Sapi, I remembered. Uh, you said that Brian Hoyer was a professional quarterback. So is Desmond Ritter. Doesn't give me full <laughs> confidence in Drake London. Uh, Calvin Ridley, top, wide receiver 16 on the week for me. I do like the revenge game narrative. Obviously, this game over in London, too. And the thing that I have said for years with London games, anything can happen. 
anything can happen with these London games. They are so completely unpredictable. Calvin Ridley could easily finish as the wide receiver one this week, or he could easily finish outside the top 50 wide receivers. But the opportunity is there for Calvin Ridley here. I think this is a big get bounce back and get right performance here from the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Let's go over to number two wide receiver to start this week, Soppy. Yeah, you came back to Desmond Ritter, but his first name's actually Desmond. What fun is that? I can't have <laughs> Axel Hoyer throwing my guy the ball. Wide receiver two to start here, Nico Collins. If you're late to the party here, I apologize. I was a little bit too, but my man is producing in an offense that just wants to throw the ball all over the place. Say what you will about their development plans, but they want to test this passing game in C.J. Stroud, and Nico Collins is the beneficiary. Yeah, he struggled last week. I'm not worried about it because top options seem to have a way of producing against the Steelers. Week one, we saw Brandon Ayuk, 129 yards, two scores. Week two, Amari Cooper goes for 90. Last week, Devontae Adams lights him up for over 170 yards and a pair of scores. I'm not saying Nico Collins is on the level of those three, but to me, he's a clear option. Number one in Houston, that provides value. That puts him in the same, that puts him in the Myers tier, which is a good place to live when you're talking about Soppy rankings. Welcome to the world of being a fantasy football analyst, where after weeks one and week two, I'm finally like, okay, yeah, like let's get Nico Collins into the starting lineups. Let's do it. Let's rank him as a top 24 wide receiver, full send. And he goes three targets, two receptions for 34 yards and absolutely (laughs) burns me. And now I don't know what to do with him. Soppy saying, get him into your starting lineup. Derek, where are we going here for your number two wide receiver to start? Revenge narrative continues. Chapter three, Adam Thielen against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, We don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be, but it was reported that Bryce Young could miss a couple weeks dealing with an ankle injury. And certainly Andy Dalton's performance uh, in week three against Seattle Seahawks on the road was encouraging enough probably to the front office to play it very, 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 very cautious with their young franchise quarterback to make sure that they don't rush him back. And I think that he's probably going to get another start this week. And that probably bodes well for Adam Thielen against a Minnesota Vikings team. Then say what you want about their 0-3 start. I think they're a better team than their record indicates. I also think that their offense is going to be able to produce points against the Carolina Panthers, which means we should see quite a bit of Andy Dalton again having to go to the air to try to keep pace with the Minnesota Vikings. And who better to throw the ball to than you know, the longtime Viking who saw 14 targets, 11 receptions, 145 yards, and a touchdown last week with Andy Dalton under center. So for this week, he's a top 24 play for me. All right, let's find that range here of the players that you would be starting Adam Thielen over. So you said top 24, so let's go a little bit up the board here. Would you go Adam Thielen or Terry McLaurin up against the Philadelphia Eagles? I would go uh, Thielen. Okay, would you go Adam Thielen or Nico Collins? We just talked about him up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I, I'm actually been really encouraged by what I saw from Tank Dell, too. So I, I don't know if I can just automatically crown Nico Collins as the number clear number one guy in that offense. It seems like they have a, a nice three-headed monster with him, Robert Woods, and Tank Dell. So I'll go with Adam Thielen because I, I don't feel like anybody else is going to steal a significant amount of work away from Thielen this week. All right, last one here that I know will hurt your soul. Adam Thielen or Zay Flowers in week four. Mm. Zay Flowers, 10 targets last week. Uh, didn't necessarily equate to a ton of fantasy production, but the 10 targets are encouraging Adam Thielen or Zay Flowers in week four. The volume has been there. However, I am staying away, if possible, from this Cleveland Browns defense. They have been incredible through the first three weeks. So I'm actually going to, I will go Thielen this week, and that hurts my soul. And you know how much I love Zay Flowers. And I think a big game is due for him in the very near future. I just don't see it against a secondary that has been stingy through the first three weeks of the NFL season. All right, let's move over to wide receiver sits or fades of the week. Sampi, I will start here with you. 
Yeah, big bad Mike Evans just doesn't have it against the Saints over his career. I get that he scored in every game this year and that his skill set aligns with that of Baker Mayfield in a positive direction here. But come on, we have too big of a sample of him struggling against Marshawn Lattimore and this secondary. When the game kicks off on Sunday, we're talking 1,847 days since the last time Evans had more than five catches against these Saints. That spans nine games of dominance of this secondary over that of Evans. They get in his head. They get him frustrated. He's unproductive. He drops passes. He just struggles. It's a narrative to some degree, and I'm not always comfortable with narratives, but in three of those nine games, he was held under 15 yards. Last season, a 13% target share when playing these Saints. All signs point to Evans ranking outside my top 30 this week. It's scary to do. I understand how productive he's been, and he's won weeks for you, but it's a weekly game. The week, the points last week, last month, don't matter to me. Mike Evans is a problem this week. It's going to be hard for Mike Evans to finish as a top 24 wide receiver when he's when he gets ejected for fighting with Marshawn Lattimore in the second <laughs> yeah, quarter do it quick. of that game. Uh, let's move on here. I because I, uh, listen, that is a narrative. That is a narrative here with Mike Evans just struggling against the New Orleans Saints. But I mean, the sample size is so large here. Where yeah. if you have faded Mike Evans in these matchups up against the New Orleans Saints for the past several years now, you have been correct every single time. So history would tell us fade him you can still start him we're not saying completely bench mike evans where did you say you had did you say where you had him in your rankings yeah i've got him just outside the top 30 so i'm okay bunching him. like i'm gonna play jacoby myers over him i think you're nuts but okay uh that's a the first conversation <laughs> uh derek let's send it over to you number one wide receiver to sit i real quick on mike evans since 2017 uh mike evans has only gone over 100 yards receiving since marshawn Lattimore has been drafted so the, the ceiling just isn't there for me i'm i'm kind of with soppy on this one i've seen a lot of it over the years mike evans does not play at his best against marshawn Lattimore. anyway um garrett wilson i don't feel like i need to go too far down the rabbit hole here because zach wilson is playing at about a zach wilson type level <laughs> since he's taken over the starting role that hasn't really been that beneficial outside of one big splash play against the Dallas Cowboys. But this Kansas city defense too. make no mistake. They, they look very formidable um, through the first three weeks of the NFL season. And they put the clamps on DJ Moore and the entire Chicago bears offense really uh, outside of one touchdown in garbage time at, I'm going to go ahead and fade Garrett Wilson out of my lineups um, until I start to see something that I feel comfortable with from Zach Wilson on a weekly basis. I just don't think the ceiling is there. Would you go Garrett Wilson this week or Joshua Palmer, who was just picked up off of waivers going up against Las Vegas Raiders defense? My, my head says Palmer because I just see an expanded role for him this week. My heart feels like I can't like the talent level for, Garrett Wilson is so high that it like like you said, like Sapi said between you know the football side of things and then just the fantasy side of things the fantasy side says says Palmer. All right, let's go here to Sapi. Your number two wide receiver to fade. And this is going to be under the assumption that Derek Carr is out and Jameis Winston's in the lineup. You know what I want or don't want when Jameis Winston's in the lineup? A safe checkdown guy because my man <laughs> does not check the ball down. He's going to throw the ball deep and through it often, especially in an offense that's built for that. So get Mike Thomas out of Michael Thomas out of my top 25. I get that the volume's there and the efficiency's been there with Carr up to this point. But if Jameis Winston isn't going to be playing that game, and besides, we have Alvin Kamara back who's going to soak up some of those shallow targets as it is. So Thomas, you're looking at 
a declining role and a declining share of a declining role. To me, that doesn't add up to a lot of fantasy success in week four. Michael Thomas, not a play that I'm comfortable making this week. Michael Thomas still at wide receiver 30 on the week for me. So someone that you can definitely look at as a flex option. If you're starting through wide receivers, he is definitely still in consideration there, but there are other better options. Like I would be playing personally, Nico Collins over Michael Thomas here this week. Uh, Derek, your number two wide receiver to sit. Pains me to say it again, Drake London. The Atlanta Falcons passing offense just isn't leaving a whole lot to be desired. And while Drake London and Kyle Pitts are incredibly talented and would flourish on multiple other teams in in whatever role they have for him, the quarterback play just simply is not there. And the offensive philosophy is geared towards running the football and not a whole lot of vertical shots or creativity in the passing game. And, We've seen it now two of the first three weeks with Desmond Ritter under center and Kyle Pitts in the lineup, two duds, you know, two catches, 31 yards in in week three. I just don't think that there's enough volume through the air to consistently keep rolling him into your lineup as a wide receiver too. Um, Against Jacksonville, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. The matchup is not something that super scares me. It's just the offensive philosophy and the trends that we're seeing as far as the involvement and uh, volume that we're getting uh, in the passing game for Drake London. Here was the thought that I had as you were talking there. Drake London is the Najee Harris of wide receivers for fantasy football, where <laughs> if he does not score a touchdown, you are incredibly yeah. disappointed that you started him, right? He scored a touchdown in week two, and that got him to 16 half PPR points. Wide receiver 21 finish on the week. Otherwise, he has finished as the wide receiver 119 with zero points in week one and wide receiver 81 last week. This is a guy that you, if he does not score a touchdown, you are going to be incredibly disappointed that you started him. And with Desmond Ritter as his quarterback in this Falcons offense, how often are we expecting him to find the end zone? I agree with the call here. Let's move into some quarterback starts here. Sapi, I will throw it to you. Who is a uh, quarterback that you are looking to get into your starting lineup this week? I'm back to trusting the process and putting Joe Burrow into my top 10. Was he a little iffy on Monday night? Sure. He wasn't that efficient. We saw him hobbling around a little bit, but you get the Titans. And to me, if you're playing against the Titans, I have interest in you. We saw Deshaun Watson kind of get right against the Titans last week. 57% increase in yards per attempt against the Titans compared to what he had the first two weeks. If Burrow goes like that, he's going bonkers. But we saw over 52% of his targets last week go to Chase and Higgins. And that's a good formula to to work with against the Titans defense that just can't stop the pass. So Joe Burrow back inside my top 10. I'm starting him without really much of a concern. The preseason, and obviously we have the the calf injury for Burrow to worry about here. But the preseason now is officially behind us for Joe Burrow. He's got the three games under his belt. Uh, Now we can start to get into actually Joe Burrow returning to the field here. The next three matchups, Tennessee Titans, Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks. Uh This is an opportunity to go acquire. I know we're not doing the trade targets podcast right now, but that is an opportunity to go acquire Joe Burrow right now before we start to see him bounce back. Uh, Derek, your number one quarterback to start this week i don't understand why ecr keeps ranking him outside of the top 15 and soppy who is a packers fan who or says he's a packers fan said you know doesn't believe in jordan love's start it doesn't seem like you do soppy maybe i'm putting words in your mouth and i apologize no you're good he's finished inside the top 12 every single week to start the 2023 season without christian watson and without aaron jones for two of those games and do I see the game against the Detroit Lions being a scary matchup where Jordan Love can't produce? No. So why is he like 
ECR QB 20 heading into the week. That makes no sense to me. Disrespect. And if he gets Christian Watson back or he gets Aaron Jones or he gets both back and David Bakhtiari at left tackle, come on, let's go. I think he's a top 10 to play again this week against the Detroit Lions. Would you go Jordan Love or Justin Fields this week up against Denver? Jordan Love. Okay. Would you go Jordan Love or Geno Smith up against the New York Giants? Feeling the love. Let's go. All righty. All righty. Let's go to quarterback sits on the week here. Soppy, I'll send it back to you. I liked what I saw from Deshaun Watson last week, but last week's not this week, and this week is what I'm concerned about. He gets a Baltimore Ravens defense. It's third best in the league in terms of yards per pass attempt allowed. Watson, yeah, he looked better against the Titans. I just talked about how bad the Titans are. Show it to me against a good defense before I'm investing in you and putting you into my starting lineup. I mean, we saw him throwing the ball backwards. You can't tell me he's 100% right quite yet. That was a crazy viral clip and really quite enjoyable to watch, but it was confusing. He's clearly not 100%. Yeah, he's going to have his weeks, and I think better days are ahead. I just don't think it starts this week. To me, Deshaun Watson, a second half of the season type of play, not one I'm interested this week or in the short term. Would you go Jordan Love or Deshaun Watson here this week? I've got Watson one spot higher. I don't. <laughs> I know. I, Jordan Love top 10 to me, Derek, seems a little strong. I'm with you that Jordan Love has looked good and leads the league in ADOT. Like, all that stuff is great. I'm going the rushing potential of Watson in that spot. If it, I, listen, this isn't a play with conviction. I will go with um, Joe Burrow over Jordan Love with conviction, but I'm not going Watson. I'm playing Watson, but I'm not putting my name and, you know, putting banners and streamers and calling attention to that. Here's the part where I am very thankful leading this department that we are recording remotely um, because I feel <laughs> like I would have to do some like team management as Derek would probably, if we were recording in a studio, would have gotten problem. up and slapped Kyle Soppy right there. No, like, the look on no, that, I would his face that. there. I feel like that was what was coming. Uh, Derek, <laughs> let's send it back to you. Your first quarterback to start, uh, to sit here this week. I just, I, I, Sophie, I what does love have to do? I don't I don't get it. Um, all right, back to back to the question you asked. Yeah, it's Dak Prescott. So we we need to see more from this Dallas offense as a whole, in particular, better quarterback play um, and more production through the air for Dak Prescott. And st- until I see that, in particular, against a matchup against Bill Belichick and you know the New England Patriots have only allowed you know, 531 yards through the air through the first three games. And, and one of those games was against the, the offense down there in South Florida that's been humming uh, in week number two. So, I mean, really what he did against Jalen Hurts, I mean, it's not like they've had cupcake matchup after cupcake matchup. Sure, yeah, they beat up on Zach Wilson in week three, but they kind of kept Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa in check for the most part. And this week against Dak Prescott in a struggling Cowboys passing game, I don't see it being a get right week for, for Dak Prescott uh, against the Patriots. Yeah, Dak Prescott, quarterback 19 on the week for me. We've been fading him all season long. That has worked out here so far. Quarterback 19 here up against the New England Patriots. Let's move into some tight end starts and sits. Sampi, I will send it to you, your first tight end to start. Yeah, Darren Waller's still a tier two guy that I'm not super concerned about. Leads the Giants in targets, catches, and receiving yards. I'm not, I'm just not worried. The 21% target share is fine. He's still a talented guy. And the tight end position is just void of talent after you get outside the top five, six, seven guys. So benching Waller takes two things. It takes you to be completely out on him. And then it takes you to be really high on some of these underwhelming secondary tertiary options. I'm not there in either respect. So he's he's inside my top six, seven 
at the position, I'm still playing them every week. Ooh, we got a tertiary mention on the podcast oh, yeah. here today. It's a good day. Uh, would you go Darren Waller or Sam Laporta? Waller. Waller for me. He's six for me. So, I mean, you're talking the big three, Kittle and Ingram, that I have ahead of him. Everybody else falls below. Ooh, I would go Sam Laporta there. Uh, would you go Darren Waller or Jake Ferguson? You talked about him here yesterday. I do like Ferguson, even though I know he's not a rookie, which I continually messed up last week. But I, I go Waller, although I have all three guys you've mentioned here inside my top ten. All right, Derek. Tight end start of the week. Where are we going? Oh, Sam Laporta for me is the real deal, but you could take either one of these tight ends, Sam Laporta or Luke Musgrave for the Green Bay Packers. And I'm going to just say, start one of the two of these options on Thursday night football. Uh, Sam Laporta has been as good as, as great as advertised. Uh, and then Musgrave continues to see his involvement in the offense, stay pretty consistent. And it's been like, he's been on the cusp of having big blow up breakout performances if Jordan Love doesn't miss him down the field on a couple big throws. Uh, and then, of course, he hasn't Last scored a, a receiving touchdown yet. I do think that that changes at some point this season. He's on the cusp of a breakout performance while we finally got that breakout performance from Sam Laporta in week number three. So either of these tight ends I'm super high on uh, heading in. They're both top 10 plays for me heading into week number four. All right, let's move over to the tight end sits of the week here to wrap this show up. Soppy, where are we going here? Doubling down consecutive weeks with Hunter Henry here. This I know he's your guy, Yates. I know it, but I think the clock might have struck midnight on this offense. They are just, they're terrible. I, I know I've been saying it. I was wrong for a few weeks. I, I think I was a little bit vindicated last week. I just don't trust this offense. Dell's coming off an embarrassing loss with an elite defense. I don't care what you say. Diggs is out. I get that. They were showing up last week against the Cardinals. Doesn't change my opinion long-term of this Dell's defense being nothing short of elite. So when you put a defense like that against an offense that I have zero trust in, I don't see how the Patriots get to 20 points. And if they're not pushing the ball down the field and scoring and getting red zone opportunities, Henry isn't the type to rack up six to eight catches for 70 yards. So if he doesn't score... He's going to have a problem getting inside the top 10. He's not inside my top 12 this week, so I'm not playing him in any formats. Six receptions for 70 yards. I would, uh, I'll take three receptions for 30 yards at this point at the tight end position. No I'll gladly take no that kidding. from any player outside of uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, Derek, your tight end sit of the week. So I know that we've talked a little bit about Jake Ferguson, which, I mean, his name keeps popping up. And while I'm certainly on board with him being the – only fantasy relevant tight end out of that offense right now. I'm also going to pump the brakes just a little bit for week number four against the new England Patriots. We already talked about that Prescott, but in particular, this new England defense has been very, very, very stingy against mm -hmm. opposing tight ends. Week one, Dallas Goddard, zero catches week two, Durham Smythe, three receptions for 23 yards. And then week three, Tyler Conklin, three receptions for 26 yards. Yeah. The guys, the, the the last two guys I mentioned aren't world beaters by any stretch, but I don't think Jake Ferguson is either. So there you have it. I'm staying away from the New England Patriots and Jake Ferguson in my fantasy lineup for week four. Would you go Jake Ferguson or Kyle Pitts here this week? <laughs> what a question. That's so Kyle, mean. <laughs> Kyle Pitts. I don't, I don't like it. Thank you for making me have to side with Desmond Ritter <laughs> for a question, but I will go with Pants. Uh, would you go Jake Ferguson or Dalton Kincaid up against the Miami Dolphins? Ooh, I like that. I still think that that's going to ha have the potential for a high-scoring game between those two offenses. So maybe this is the first week that Dalton Kincaid finds the end zone. It's a little bit riskier, but I, I see the uh, there's higher upside with Kincaid this week than there is with uh, Ferguson against this New England defense. 
All right, there we have it. Starts and sits of the week here. This was a ton of fun. Gentlemen, thank you so much for providing your analysis and knowledge here for the people. If you guys have questions for Kyle Sapi or Derek Tate, make sure to get into the PFN Fantasy Discord, which you can find right here in your show description. Absolutely free to join. And of course, as we talked about at the top, if you have start sit questions that we didn't get to here in this podcast, make sure to go over to this free start sit optimizer that we have here at PFN. Enter in your players to choose from, and you'll get our consensus projections there helping you dominate your fantasy football matchups this week. All right, that'll do it for Kyle Sapi and Derek Tate. I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.